Coming to you live and direct, this is a Real Ties Production Podcast. It's your boy Jay Ruck and my homeboy Cam. We about to jump it off. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Real trust is everybody's serenity. <laughs> what, what you mean? What do you mean? Oh, oh yeah, he is tripping. Perfect example. And camera scale. <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> money man, Mahomes. And we are back again with another episode, Real Tires Production. You yes, see it in sir. the title, NBA Playoff Preview. Um, I think this is going to be a really good discussion. Uh, we're having a lot of contradicting or, not, or contrasting arguments. Um, I'm ready for this one. I I'm think on we his got, head. I think we got some good opinions. Let's get it started. I'm on so his head. we're going to start with our individual award list. Um, we're going to go through MVP. Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, Coach of the Year, and we'll give it. Uh, lastly, we'll give it off with our Rookie of the Year. Cool. Um, something that we both agree on, even when we uh, were discussing, you know, the season um, at hand, it was kind of our favorite pick to win Rookie of the Year, and that's Lamelo Ball. Clearly, um, Melo. I think not only because Cole you know, Charlotte's going to be in the playoffs, and we're going to be able to see him, and you know, clutch. Crunch time, yes. Yeah, you see, know, see what he made. Real, though. real deal basketball rookie of the year, and he's gonna be a big role on that team, you mm-hmm. know, in their success. And I think the one thing that surprised people about Lamelo Ball so much this season was how comfortable he was uh, when he first stepped out on the floor. He never looked overmatched. He never looked rattled. He always looked poised, and he was, you know, doing. Stuff that veterans aren't even comfortable doing in the games, you know, in his first week. And it's crazy because you get these NBA um, analysis uh, anchors or whatever like that. The people that's supposed to cover people people that's supposed to know the sport more than anybody. Right. You would think that they would understand that playing up at a young age, pretty much your whole life, like that gives you the ultimate confidence in any the biggest stage because you always been playing with players faster than you, stronger than you, bigger than you on a court. So you you already adapted to um, that next level of right. anything already. You, you already the most prepared you can be for, I would say. Right. So, of course, he's going to look comfortable. Of course, he's going to be confident out there because he already know that he can get his off against kind of whoever. You right. He's going to go. Yeah. So that confidence is going to stay there. And yeah. going I think it started, I mean, when he was a freshman, when – you know, him, his brother, Lonzo, Leangelo, they bursted onto the scene at Chino Hills. Um, like you saw it, and he yeah. was 5'3", five, 5'4", five, out there, and he was scoring 15, 20 points a game or something like that and holding his own, and they won a state championship. It was incredible, but you knew from that young age that he was going to be special. It just took, you know, a huge growth spurt. He went from 6'1 to 6'8 in a matter of, you know, like six or seven months, and I think after people saw that transformation, I think that's when your realization hit. Like, okay, this kid's going to be in the NBA, but he's going to be special. And I think he's showing that. I knew he was going to be cold when he dropped uh, 92 in the game. <laughs> <laughs> he shot it from half court, bro. I knew he was – He that was, that's crazy, bro. That is insane. That's crazy. That is Come insane. On. I don't care. In a, in a high school game, bro, Yeah. not on – pick up or nothing. It's refs out there. It's somebody... Eight-minute quarters. Yeah. Somebody granny in the stands looking like, oh, my God. Yeah. Started the game. That's how you kicking it off? Like, all right. <laughs> right. Pulling up from half court and 
oh, telling people like, he was going to do it. Isn't he? He was literally a rock star in high school, and he came into the NBA as you know one of the most famous basketball players in the fucking world. Um, so, you know, obviously we said Lamelo Ball is our number one pick, but you know Anthony Edwards in Minnesota is holding his own. He a dog, man, and he's shown he's shown the league. You know, not only that he's you know what he's ready, his body is ready, his game is ready, but the numbers back it up. And the skill is there. The ball handling, the shooting is there. I think the, he's shooting at a better clip than what people expected him to shoot. Um, he obviously can get to the rim. He had arguably the dunk of the year. He had the dunk of the year to me so far. He body he, dudes. I mean, that's going to go down as an all-time dunk. But to do all of this in your rookie year and not be rookie of the year just kind of shows you how special this draft class is going to be because there's a lot of talent. And you have guys like Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Emmanuel quickly, uh, Jay Sean Tate. Oh, you know what? You, you have a lot of guys that are in the league that are coming up are going to be are going to be really good. Cole Anthony from uh, Orlando. He, man, he had a lot of people uh, doubting his yeah. game because yeah. of the situation in college. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like he didn't play that many games. He got hurt. Right. He was, you know, what I'm saying it's, it's whatever. How many times do you hear about? These superstars coming into college and barely playing. Mike Porter Jr. played a game, right. a quarter, a exactly. quarter or two. You know what I'm saying? And like he still got drafted in the lottery. So it, I don't think it, that's why I think the college game is kind of going to be over shortly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because of situations like this, like you have mm-hmm. players that aren't developed, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? They aren't upperclassmen. They only been on campus for five minutes. Mm-hmm. These Ben Simmons didn't even go to the second half of the semester. I'm about to say, yeah. So mm-hmm. he didn't even go to school. <laughs> best player, best player in the country. Right. Not even going to school. Like. Right. So it's 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 over with in a minute. So let's get to our next um, point on the list, and that is the coach of the year. Mm. I will go first, and I will say that hands down, I think you unanimously, Coach Thibodeau from New York Knicks should be the oh, coach of the year. For who who are the Knicks, bro? That's what I'm saying. Who the we're dude. gonna get there? We're gonna get there soon, and we, you know, there's some other players on that team that we're gonna discuss really shortly. But I think Coach Thibodeau is resolidified I mean, himself. He, he's resolidified yeah. himself as one of the yeah. top coaches in the NBA. I think that he needed a group of young guys that had a one star, mm-hmm. and he could get that one star to maximize to his maximize potential. his potential yeah. under that coach and play yeah. his way, while also you know. Having career highs in every single statistical category, mm-hmm. and then getting a, another bunch of young guys to and getting them to rally them. around yeah. it, around a coach who's you know known for wanting to coach veterans and stuff like that. He's got this Knicks team in the playoffs and ready to make some noise. And I think it's insane that we're talking about the Knicks being relevant. Crazy, bro. The the and you you wouldn't even think it's through the draft though, right? Because how many times did they? Uh, should have got the first overall pick and they didn't. Right. They would get like the sixth pick yeah. or like the eighth pick or something like that yeah. or like the fifth now, pick. Yeah, I will say, I will say the draft with Emmanuel quickly, um, Obi Toppin, mm-hmm. guys like that. I think those are really good draft selections. But you, you know, we'll we'll get into these players you, in I a think second. You miss on players like a 
like a quickly upgrade your program, like a Zion or something yeah. like that. They yeah. they missed on players missed. like that, so and they got to build. A I little think bit still. you know, with Brooklyn being as good as they were, and them keep on adding players mm-hmm. and getting better, I think it kind of was just many jabs in the heart to Knicks fans. Like, are we never going to be relevant <laughs> in the city? It's just going to we're going to let Brooklyn take over and you know Bruh. be the team to be. I think it's amazing that. They compete. You know, and it sucks. The craziest thing is uh, the Knicks don't have any fans in the stands, and now oh, all of a sudden they're good. It's like It would be crazy. Hey, you know what? I, I don't want to say I have a theory on this, but I think the Knicks probably are better without that type of crowd at their home games every single game. Because not only do you have mm. players, all-stars like LeBron, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, they're coming in the garden with these fans. Yeah. And it's oh my god! I got that's, that's ten points of extra motivation. Oh, I'm about to cook. I'm about to go this whole yeah. first okay. quarter. I'm about to come out hot. The other okay. teams are excited to play in front of these fans because that mm. front row, it's everybody. That's right. ABC right. on Sunday. The crowd is lit on the one. You're on the everybody only game. Watching Everybody's watching the Knicks home games. It doesn't matter. I just I think that has something to do mm. with why the Knicks are a little more successful this year because they don't have that little distraction. I know they're good. You know, Julius Randle's balling. Ball, they got also. a whole bunch. Derrick Rose is balling. I think, Shout out to him, man. I think, you know, I think that has something to do with it, but I can't wait for Knicks fans to go and experience a really good team, and I'm happy for them, and that's great. In the playoffs, Knicks basketball yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Again. Like, has it been since 2012, since Melo and uh, – That team was – that team was okay. It wasn't – it, whatever. That's that's beside the point. <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> they was from pretenders for sure. So, your pick for coach of the year, who are you going with? I mean, that's a. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Doc Rivers' name is higher than what people expect. Okay. Because whenever he. Whenever everything fell apart in L.A. Mm-hmm. with the Clippers. The Clippers yeah. were supposed to go to the Western Conference Finals, finals play the Lakers. Least, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, It was either that or, you know what I'm saying, they was going to win the Finals. So, with them falling short of that and then they getting rid of Doc Rivers, like Doc Rivers is the problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you got all this talent you can't get to the Western Conference Finals. So, he was looked at as you ain't good enough. Go ahead. Go to the East End. He went mm-hmm. to Philly. Mm-hmm. Went to Philly. Now he got the 76ers playing the best basketball yeah. I've seen I Philly think, play. I think Philly, in for a them, I think the whole thing was Brett Brown was holding Philly back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I think he was, you know, their ceiling to. He, he was their ceiling. He was what was in the, in the way for them to reach, you know, NBA final potential. It was more sophisticated offense. It was yep. more in, touches for Embiid down mm-hmm. low. You know, you know, make Embiid play on the block. Quit having him shoot so many damn threes. <laughs> Nobody and can stop. Be more him on efficient. The block. Nobody. Too big. Too Doc strong. Doc Rivers is gonna is gonna be a coach that comes in there. He's well respected. He's got a chip, mm-hmm. and he's got pedigree, and he's got respect from young players. So yeah, these guys are gonna listen to him. These guys are gonna listen to him. He I think that's. His, I think coach of the year. If the Knicks weren't having the season they were having, it'd be between it'd be him and um, coach from Utah Jazz. Can't think of his name right now. Uh, so Mike Budenholzer, something like that. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, I think those would be the top two right now. But for me, I think Tibbs too. That's a good team. Yeah, that's a good team. But we'll talk about them later. Um, they ain't it though. No, no. So we're gonna get to our most improved player. Now I had some uh, some can- candidates that you know definitely made a name for themselves this year and established themselves as. You know, not only high volume guys, but high efficiency guys and guys that are getting better 
and that are young and you have a lot of time left. But speaking of the Knicks, my most improved player will be Julius Randle. Come on, bro. Has to be Julius Randle. Come on, he's put this bro. he's put this team on his back and not only has been he's turning himself into a, a way more advanced skilled scorer, but his facilitating, his rebounding, his defending, his leadership, I think He's having he's gonna get MVP votes. Not only just most improved player, but he's gonna get MVP votes. I'm not saying he's gonna win it. He probably might come in fourth or fifth. Okay. But he's having a season where one of those guys who's nine years into the league, let's not forget that this guy's been in the league for a long or eight or nine years. This guy's been in the league for a long time. Okay, you're right. So it was gonna be all right, he's gonna be this twenty something point per game scorer who mm-hmm. just was you know, good stats on a bad team type guy, or was he going to be a guy that can, you know, be a leader, get a group of guys around him that he can Kinda play with and, team. and be that guy because, right. you know, he's in that position. You're 6'9", 240-something, and you have these skills where you can play inside out. You, Use that. You either got to be the focal point or you got to accept that you're not going to be the team's first or maybe second option. If you want to be the third option on the championship team, you can do that or – you can turn yourself into the player you are now where you are first or, you know, high high second option on the championship team. And I think that's what he's turned himself into. I, I do not disagree. Julius Randle been balling. Um, shout out to him. But at the same time, at the same time, I think it's I think it's easier to look at um Julius Randle as a candidate for that because he's an all star. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think I think the most improved player um award should go, which it they do a pretty good job of it. Um a player not necessarily jumping to like all star status, but just improving from one step to to maybe jump a couple steps. And I think Terry Rogier mm. um out of Charlotte, I think the way that he one, he handled how Charlotte is the system I think, is I think you have a case because Gordon he, Hayward was hurt for a significant amount of the year. I think going. you have a, you have, a, you have an argument, he but going. I do disagree heavily. I think there's a lot of players ahead of him. My finalist actually he wasn't even on there. He cold, bro. I'd say my my second my second second player on this list who is another player who's trying to lead his team at least into the playing game is Zach Levine. And he's got the Bulls sort of relevant right Stop. now. He's got the Bulls. He's He's become a 25-point-per-game scorer that has been more efficient, but shooting better from the three. And he's got a team with Nurkic, and they they play well. Or Vucevic, not Nurkic, Vucevic. They got a team that plays well, and the Bulls, I'm not saying they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, but they're going to get there. They're going to get there, and those are steps ahead. I think Zach Levine being an all-star, too, he's kind of taking that route that Julius Randle's taking, and that's, you know, being a leader a bunch of running – Around a bunch of guys who haven't really done it yet, and you got guys like Kobe White on that team that are good. Um, they they have a good squad. I think that he definitely deserves some recognition for most improved player. Because we talk about most improved player now, you're talking about the jump from non All Star to All Star. I think that's what the criteria kind of should be. Your whole your whole argument on Zach Levine. If y'all rewind the tape. All y'all heard him saying was the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls. Yes. <clears throat> right. It ain't about the Bulls. Okay. <laughs> it ain't about the Bulls. Terry Rozier about... is not even the most impressive player on his team, though. He 
He he the number one scorer. He's on not that the team. most impressive player on the team though. He first of all he jumped into the role of the man after they had brought in how many other guards and they just got another one and they just got another guard. So he had to transition his game from being a point guard to being a scoring guard in the NBA. And the okay. way that he the way that he made that jump to that was I think a bigger jump than what Julius Randle had made. No you know Julius Randle no was chance. already no averaging chance. But it's different when you're a bad when you're a big stats bad team type guy. It almost goes away. Now look at somebody like Devin Booker. He gets a lot of respect. Charlotte wasn't none either until until Phoenix started really win this year. Devin Booker is getting the proper respect that he deserved. He always was getting some respect, but it wasn't proper. Terry Rozier, somebody who was on the Celtics, who was a second, third, fourth scoring option even at times. He's climbed the ladder and now he's a number one on a team. But he's not somebody that. A year from now, you're going to look at look back and be like, okay, this was the turning point for his career. I think that he's mm-hmm. kind of where he's going to be at for the rest of his career. I think Zach Levine has another level he can get to. I think Julius Randle has another level he can get to. The guys that I'm even not disagreeing at, though. I have Christian Wood on here, who's I think has taken a bigger jump than Terry Rozier has. Jalen Brown, I think he's taken not a bigger jump as Terry Rozier, but I think Jalen Brown is a way better player. I think Jalen Brown has turned himself into somebody who we thought was going to be an athletic wing who could probably defend to this guy can be a main ball handler. He can be a, he can be a number one scoring option. If it wasn't for Jason team. Tatum, yeah, yeah. he could go for, for sure. 24 to 26 points a game. I think he can. he's good enough. Jason Tatum is still different. Yes. Completely different. Yes. We're going to get on that in a minute. Yes. Shout out to Jason Tatum. Shout, Shout out, out to St. Jason Lewis. Tatum. 314, we in here. But, you, first of all, you got to throw out Christian Wood because you just said big stats on trash teams. Trash team. Okay, I get that. It's, okay. it's kind of a fluke. But does any of me, that matter to who, a team that's else? not on a finals contender, though? <clears throat> Charlotte ain't winning a title. They're not even going to win a playoff series. I ain't saying I ain't saying they're going to win a title. I'm saying they a contending team. They top, what, five in their no, conference? They're top seven, eight. The Rockets about to possibly have the first overall pick. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> so that's that's different between a five seed and a, you know what I'm saying, yeah. a bottom seed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm saying you got to throw him out. So it's it's it, it limits who can be a legitimate contender for that. And I think mm-hmm. Terry Rozier is doing it for, um, for Charlotte and doing it for himself. I, <clears throat> I just, I can't agree. And I, Want to agree so bad. The Hornets are right now. They're sitting at eighth in the East. Jesus, they're gonna get in the play. They're gonna get in the play. They're gonna get in the playoffs. Still get that playing game. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You know, however they finish in the playing tournament, they're probably gonna get bounced in the first round. I just think that most improved player, the criteria for that needs to be a guy that went from not being an All Star or a guy that was a good player on a bad team. And has gone from two being an all-star or two now their team being contending. Now, it is going to mm-hmm. take some help. But like a Devin Booker, he needed Chris Paul. You know, a lot of these teams, they need that extra piece for them to be super good. But I'm saying is for most they, improved players. They were snubbing player, him, though. They were snubbing him. They were snubbing him. But he, his teams were not good. So you couldn't respect it. It's really – I'm not saying it's easy to put up 25 a game on a bad team. But it is when you're force-fed the ball and guys don't give a shit. And yeah, there's politics in it. He There's the politics. He's the only one putting shots up. That's it. So, you know, I went with Julius Randle. You go with Terry Rozier. 
you know, that's fine with me. Mm -hmm. I think we will just agree to disagree on that situation. For sure. So here we go with sixth man of the year. Now, Mm -hmm. this is a tricky one for me because I had two names that, you know, I believe that, you know, either way it goes with these two, I'm not going to be mad with. And that's Derrick Rose and Jordan Clarkson. And Got to be Jordan Clarkson. It'd be crazy to see the Knicks with three representatives on these lists. It would be crazy for the Knicks to have that type of year. Um, I think the, what the, gonna what the politics, what the, the most improved player. And, and what if other? Coach Tibbs gets Coach of the Year. Oh, okay, okay, I okay. Think, I, I think with Coach saying. Tibbs being Coach of the Year, I think that adds something to do with his relationship with Derrick Rose, how he used to coach him, and kind of just the narrative behind it. I know a lot of these uh, awards can be narrative-driven. MVP is definitely the most narrative-driven award that we have. But if you want to talk about narratives, Derrick Rose, who was an all-star, number one option under Coach Tibbs, is now contending for sixth man of the year. That 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 says something about their relationship, yeah. too. Relationship and culture. Yeah. Because yeah. no ma- that no culture is at, set by them, too. Derrick Rose comes to that team. They're a playoff team for a reason. I think if Derrick Rose is now on that team, they're looking at being the eight or nine seed, yeah. most likely. They're scraping the bottom. So... I, I think is the reason why I think it's Jordan Clarkson. Okay, give it to me. The reason why I think it's Jordan Clarkson is because look at how that Jazz team is whenever Donovan uh, Mitchell not on the floor. Yeah. It's run through Jordan Clarkson. Yep. He puts He's the main ball handler, yeah. Ultimate green light. Him and Joe Ingles, yep. yep. I'm like... Yeah, he he has the green light. That's his job. He has... he He's what... Green light. You know, he looks like... He looks like what... J.R. Smith used to be used, on the yeah. Knicks. J.R. Smith was a six man of the year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, would I say he's like a Lou Will or Jamal Crawford type? No. No. But I think that the way that uh, the Jazz is treating it is a little bit like a, both of them, though. It's a little bit like you have an ultimate score on the floor at all times. Right. You know what I'm saying? With Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson. So your offense really doesn't slow and down. And you have Mike Conley. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? And you have Bogdan. He just had 48 the other night. You have Joe Ingles, and then you have Rudy Gobert, your ultimate anchor. You have options as they a coach have a really, to just run all game. They have, a, they have a good squad as far as just on paper and then how they use it. Mm-hmm. I think it's very... It's very interesting and it's very scary because you can really play good D. Jordan Clarkson, a guy, shout out to Mizzou, came out. Squad. Um, second round draft pick. He on the Lakers was that like spark plug guy that could kind of shoot. Um, pretty, you know, pretty athletic dude. Yeah. Um, defense was in, Andy but that Lakers goal. was that Lakers team was so bad, and he was just he got put in that group of you know the trash teammates that Kobe had after yep. Yep. you know he blew his Achilles out, and it's a shame because you know. Those are some lost seasons in Lakers history Jesus. with, you know, Julius Randle, who's yeah. a product of that environment, who got drafted by the Lakers. Who, D'Angelo we Russell. Gotta remember, forget Julius Randle, his rookie year, broke his leg the very first game of his career. So even for him to bounce back from that, I, think it's, I think it's amazing. Brandon Ingram, um, all those Russell, guys. Yeah, that's a big – They a, had some good draft some, picks. Right, they had some good draft picks, and they had some good guys on their teams. They never panned out. They went elsewhere, and they all got better. I think that kind of says something more about Kyle the Kuzma. Lakers environment, and I think that Kyle Kuzma draft pick um, yeah. is the worst one out of all the ones, even including Lonzo. And he's still and he, Lonzo's ball, yeah. and, he's, and Kyle Kuzma is the only one there. Right. 
So I think the I mean they kind of have to keep him yeah. to get AD. It was trades. It yeah. was other things involved that you know that team is built right now. Right. But I want to know who you think is a six man of the year. Is it Jordan Clarkson? Yeah, is that who you're oh, saying? Yeah, it's, okay. that, yeah, it's Jordan so Clarkson. So you go with Jordan sure. Clarkson. I would love to see Derrick Rose win that award. Just because it'd be, it'd be so sentimental, bro. it would be, and I'm not really even into the whole sentimental narrative award given, but I just think it, it's, it's necessary. He's only started what four games this whole year. He's a true six man, and he comes off the bench and he does his thing. I know he sometimes he even plays some starter minutes, but it's Derrick Rose. It's a it's guy a- that's you know again and again continue to adapt in his situation and only rise, you know, rise from it. It's a uh, it's a too good to be true story in the yeah. NBA. Yeah, it, it it's it happens all the time, but it don't end the way it need to. Right. You it know, usually and never I think does it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say I think it's gonna be and that the same way, way for Derrick Rose. Well, the way with Derrick Rose, his career trajectory was obviously superstar, and then after the injuries, it really just looked like a slow decline into to like a retirement to like a guy who's going to be a reserve who's yeah. going to be on the team for he's you know barely scratching minutes so the way that he's turned his career around and you know improved his jump shot improved his skills you had know, to i think it's special and it takes you know you got to appreciate a guy like a guy like that who's willing to put in the work and as they get older and least and you know less athletic they their iq grows and their skill grows you just gotta love it dude drop 50 in a game Recently, after after Recently. after everything he been through, yeah, to do that, I'm. It gave everybody a, um, a major uh, a minor yeah. setback for a major comeback type yeah. of like yeah. it's real. It, it can and actually for him happen. to be doing it with the Knicks right now, a team that he actually was traded from right. not too long ago, just right. a couple seasons ago, he's back. You know, playing even better. I think it's crazy that you know this is the year of the New York Knicks. I think that they're gonna end up getting these three awards. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what should happen. Mm. And so I'm happy for them. But moving on to the next award, we have our defensive player of the year. I think this one is probably going to be unanimous. I think, well, it's going to be close to unanimous, and it's going to be Ben Simmons. Um, he's a menace. He's He's got the perfect basketball build for a type of player who's going to be a defensive player of the year, not once, not twice, maybe not even three times. He might win this award four or five times. It's not just to be something that he does that, you know, it's just like, all right, Ben, you know, he just had seven steals in the game. Ben just had five blocks. He just shut down the you know other team's best player. He's going to be the guy that is able to give any superstar their Problem. toughest night. Yeah. Their Problem. toughest night. I think one through five that he can do that. Well, one through four. I, I, would, I say one I'll, through four. I would, I would kind of. And he doesn't have it. to play. He doesn't have to play against Joel Embiid. That'd be the only person he probably can't even guard in the league. And he's on his team through, through yeah, through a four or five. I yeah. think it's I think it's more so three to one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying that he that he needs to he can clamp. Guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. as a Celtics fan, obviously favorite player would be Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh, Philly plays Boston, I'd be like, bro, it's Jason gonna Jason have to. Gonna he go. gonna have a tough night. You know, well, he has to go. I think one thing about that matchup, I think Jason takes that matchup very personally. Personally, and yeah, Jason does. Yeah. He does do really well against Ben Simmons. He be busting his ass for real. I really think that Jason Tatum gets the better of Ben Simmons a lot more times than not. Don't don't get it twisted. I wouldn't. I wasn't saying Jason don't go. <laughs> <laughs> I say he go go, but it it would. I'm saying it would be um it'd be a tougher 
thing to accomplish to drop 50 on Ben Simmons. True. That ain't, yeah, you, know you ain't saying? just going like to do it, that. No, he's got too much pride. In exactly, respect. exactly. I think that comes down to a pride and team thing because yeah. you're scoring 50, you're going to score, you're scoring on everybody at that point. On everybody so, at that point. Um, that was pretty much, I mean, unless you're a defensive player or somebody it, else. It's, yeah. it's clearly Ben Simmons. Yeah. He did, he I think Rudy Gobert is going to get some votes. I think he's going to get some votes because the team is so good. He can't not get votes. Yeah, right. he can't yeah. not get votes. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that, that wave of giving it to him, though, is kind of mm-hmm. like over with, though. Yeah. You know, he won't ever be a better defensive player. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he kind of already capped there. So I'm like, of course, he'll still get votes. Um, the best big he's defender. He's the best paint protector in the yeah, league. Yeah, so is. I'm like, of course, he's going to get votes. But he at the same that, time, like, he's not going to. He took the best. I think Anthony Davis was is obviously a better player than him. I think Anthony Davis is still a better defender than him because he can slide his feet better. He yeah. can get in a stance and he yeah. can guard guards. I think Rudy Gobert has a very tough time against guards, but <laughs> that's not his job. But Steph I think he, I think pot, Gobert right? has taken Gobert has taken the crown as the best paint defender from Anthony Davis. I think For Anthony sure. Davis could get that back, but I think that's what he's done. So this next one you know, obviously the last one, the MVP. Mm. Um, there's a lot of options this year, and if a couple of players didn't get hurt, they'd be right in that mix too. But I think who I know who's going to win MVP versus who I want, who I really think should be MVP, if we really put it like down on paper, let, let me it's going to be different. Let okay. me first this time. Who is your MVP this My year? My MVP is Steph Curry. Okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness! You can't tell me, bro. You can't tell. This team is trash. Yeah, if you take the you know what's crazy is the same treatment we would have given LeBron for playing on a team with players who are very marginal, and how much credit he would have given is not the same energy that Steph Curry gets at all. Oh, I false! Think, no, sir. No. What you mean? When when LeBron was playing with that that last Cavs team. That's what I'm saying. No, they were looking at his team like, you should get the MVP. Like, there's no way that you should oh, get the okay. MVP. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, right, 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 people right. are looking at LeBron like, oh yeah, he should be unanimous. LeBron the came way that out he led this team yeah. with that team. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He should be. He should be the MVP. I don't think that energy is consistent with Steph Curry oh, because no. if he took the, him off that team or whenever he's hurt, they are terrible. They you don't even want to watch them. No, and yeah. now Steph Curry's playing and get he does stuff. He does stuff in every single game that is different than the last. And it, it sounds so simple that, you know, it sounds dumb how simple that sounds. But the shots that he's hitting, the way that he's getting open, the way that he's shooting them. You can't the, hold him. Can't hold him. He, he, he did the pump fake and shot the ball, glassed it, left-handed. I've never seen him do that in his life. Like, he's just, he's unbelievable. He's the greatest show ultimate, in basketball right now. Ultimate creator on the court. He's the greatest show in basketball right now. He got a chop. From every as soon as he stepped on the floor, he can hit it. He can he, hit a shot. He can, he can hit a shot literally from behind half court, in front of half court. It doesn't really matter where it is. He can put the ball every time he shoots the ball. You're expecting yourself, it to go in. Thank God that ball didn't go in, or I'm lucky it didn't go in. Yeah, you you better ho- just hope 2K messing with you on that three day. point layup because he hitting every everything, and you you give him a wide open shot like it's just like bro, how did we? There's leave? nobody. How do we leave In him? today's NBA, there should be nobody that plays on a team that he does as small as he is and dominates the way that he is. In the league full of giants, it is incredible the way that he is putting his team on that his back this year. And they're going to get in the playing game. They might get the Lakers, and 
you know, we're going to talk about that matchup later, but that it oh can be God. the game of the year. For sure. That has the potential to be the game of the year because it doesn't really matter what you talk about with LeBron and AD. Yes, they can bring – LeBron can come with 30. AD can come with 25 and 20. It doesn't really matter. Steph Curry can go for 50 on anybody, and he's and, proved and, that this and year. And they sneak a win. Yeah. They can – they just beat – they just beat Utah, the number one team in the league right now. And, well, hoops, like, I feel like hoops, anybody can lose on yeah. any night. Yeah, and you get a player who can control the game mm-hmm. like Steph. He's, if Steph scores 50 in a game like that, it's going to feel like 70. It's going to feel like he's scoring every, every single point. Every time, every time, yeah. It's going to feel like every single Those threes are, are just devastating. It and, put the ultimate stress on your defense, on yes. your head coach. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you have to – center everything even offensively around Steph Curry. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because if Steph um come down, hit a three, and then you come down a one and done. Right. Fast break, Steph Curry hit another three, you like damn like, you know what, what the hell like, we doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's six points you down right there. So it can turn ugly quick. So offensively his too, to score, you have to call his great ability, plays too. His ability to score twenty points in the first quarter of games is that is alone can be one of the most devastating things you see as a team. Like you get a guy who you already are on edge about. You're already nervous he's going to go for 30. And he comes out and gets 25 in the first quarter. It's like, holy shit, we're in like, for one yeah, tonight. We're in for we're one in tonight. For tonight. And he's going to be hitting shots, and he's going to be looking away, and he's going to be laughing and wondering how he even made it sometimes. You're going to look at him like, what the hell do we do with this guy? And there's nothing you can yeah, do. Who are we playing against? Bro? And he doesn't even have James Wiseman out there. He doesn't even have Clay Thompson out Clay. there. He's doing stuff, getting around these screens and guys. His shout out to his teammates who are getting him open off the ball and who are holding their own. I now, think it's incredible what they're able to accomplish. Come down, imaginary lane with me, real quick. Okay. You can't tell me that the Warriors would not be probably the best team in the NBA again if Clay Thompson. Was healthy. They're top four. I think they're top four in the West. At least top four in the West. I think at the I, very th- least. I think they. I think they number one. Number one with Clay number, and stuff. With, with Clay and stuff. And maybe James Wiseman just like, being there. Yeah. Just being there. Or maybe they have a trade and like, they have another big in there. I think they planned on this season kind of being another one of those. Eh, like, all right, Steph Curry, if you put us on your back this year, then we're gonna ride it. But if it doesn't happen this year, no one's gonna blame you. And he's turned it into. Turned ooh, if he up. had one more piece. You know, we could see them in the conference finals or just making some noise in the playoffs. I think it's insane. Regardless, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. If he get robbed of the MVP. He will. Because I'm going to tell you who's going to win it right now. It's, who, and it's who? Jokic. It's Jokic. Come on, and bro. Like I told you, it is a narrative-driven award. The biggest one there is. You got a guy who's never won it before. You got a guy who is a classical big who is also kind of – he is a unicorn in his own sense where he's he might be the best passer in the league. He's one of the best shooting big men. He's got great footwork. He tries on defense. He's got his team, you know, high in the Western Conference. He's doing it all for him. And blah, I think blah, that blah. I think that what hurts his or what helps his case is Joel Embiid and LeBron getting hurt. I think that helped him out a lot and helped that gap. Now I know I want Steph Curry to win it and I think that you know, if we're talking about most valuable player, obviously, it'd probably be LeBron and Steph every other year. Right. But I think Jokic is going to win it this year. I think 
you know, they have a decent team. I think Michael Porter Jr. has come along great. Now, we'll he, talk he about them. too. Right. We'll talk about them later. But I think that Jokic is – I think he's going to win it. And I'm not going to be mad that he wins it because he's played well this year. And if you watch – the games. I know a lot of people just look at highlights, look at numbers, and they see these crazy shots that Jokic hits. It's great. They look amazing. But when you watch him play, he looks the part. He looks like an MVP. He looks like he's the best player on the floor all times out there. He doesn't make mistakes. He finds the right guy open. He does. He makes all the right plays. He's an unselfish player. He doesn't bitch to the refs. He doesn't really do anything that's that crazy is a guy who's not very athletic who might dunk the ball 10 times all year. He's somebody that's turned, you know, into, okay, we think this guy can be really good from, he's a player that skipped the phase of most improved. He jumped that ladder. It's from a really solid player to, okay, this guy is playing at an MVP level and this is probably where he's going to stay for a couple years. Look, shout out. First off, shout out to LC, the boy. This is why. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think I don't think the Jokic the Jokic love is just like you think it's temporary. Or do you think it's just hot for a year? Because I, yeah. I ultimately this would be if he is ever gonna win MVP, this is the only year he has a chance to win it. I don't think okay, he's the most I, talented I, player. I, I agree. don't even I think agree he's there. the most valuable player, but he's gonna win it this year because he's done some special things. You hit it right on the head when you said the NBA is a uh, narrative. Dri- I mean, the uh, MVP is a yeah. narrative-driven award. Like they always want to get to give it to somebody new. They mm-hmm. always want a different story and sh- stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's the that's the MVP award. But as great as that story of Jokic first time getting the MVP, blah 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 blah. He don't do everything right, whatever like that. I ain't saying he not a great player. I ain't saying he not a unicorn, all that. He 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 an amazing player, bro. But the story of Steph Curry coming back and doing what he doing, bro, I think that's a greater story than this Jokic. Jokic is kind of like a like a monotone language arts teacher or something like that. Like it's, that's what that is the fascinating thing about it is that you look at him and you're like, nah, he probably just comes off the bench. No. And let's not forget Jamal Murray who is out, torn ACL. Yep. He's gotta pick up the slack. Yep. I think like I said, it's narrative driven and it, these type of components just add to it. And Jamal Murray being out only helped his case. I don't think he wins it if Jamal Murray's out, but I also don't think he wins it if MB and LeBron don't get hurt. So as Lucky as that may sound, I think he also deserves it with his level of play this year. And I think it shows. If you watch the games, it shows. I got a dub on Steph. All right, we can bet that. Because I I think, you know, I want Steph to win it. And if I lose that bet, that's a bet I'm willing to lose. But it's going to be Jokic, and I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not going to be mad about it. LC going to be through the roof. Yeah. That's (laughs) good for them. And I think they have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs if – Michael Porter Jr. decides to keep playing the level he's playing at. They're going to need some help from some other guys, though. It's not going to just be them, too. I think it will. It's not going to be them, too. All right. So that was our individual awards for the NBA season. Um, You know, debate the rest with your mama. You don't know what you're talking (laughs) about anyway. Only the real facts come from real ties. Oh, me. So let's get into the contenders and pretenders and, you know, give me a dark horse in each conference. We're going to start off with the contenders, and I want you to start and give me your list of the teams that you think have a legit shot to win a championship, not get to the finals, not get to the Western Conference Finals. Who has a chance 
to win it all. Clippers. Really? That's the only team in the West that you think that has a chance to make noise, or that's your top dog? Oh, that, yeah, that's the top dog. That's the top dog. I ain't, the teams that I think going to be in the Western Conference Finals is the Suns and the Clippers. Okay. I think the Clippers going to beat the Suns. Okay. I think the Clippers are going to face, you said just my top dogs? These so are your teams my, that you think that can win the championship. I think it's not going, your matchup. I, who who can win the championship is what you're saying. The Clippers can win the championship. Can the Suns win the championship? No. Um, the Clippers can win the championship. Even if they get to the finals against an East team that's they're probably going to be they better than. They're not going to get to the finals, bro. They're not. Okay. I don't, not, it's the Suns, bro. It's, it sounds real good. They have a chance to play the Warriors or Lakers in that first round, and that's probably a potential nightmare matchup for them in the first round even. So you having them in the Western Conference Finals is beyond me. But I, I think I think them, uh, the Clippers, and I think it's only the Clippers and the 76ers, bro. Okay. I think the Bucks are pretenders. Okay. I think the Nets are pretenders oh, because <laughs> they – I think they health gonna get in the way of them trying to do whatever it is they trying to do. Okay. Which is obviously winning they championship. They've been out for yeah. They have it's it's every night it's, it's somebody's out. Yeah. How many games have those three played together? Right, right. It's exactly. not that many. And you're just gonna jump in the playoffs and, and think it's turn it up. You yeah, know what I'm I don't saying know. like it's, I think they're good enough too. It's, I think again, you got those three guys. Those are three guys good. that are good enough too. Sound good. Sound. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah. gonna see, cause I don't, I, I don't know basketball like that. If, if that's, if that's what this ultimate super team is, then let me see it then, because <sighs> well, I, ain't, I ain't never seen nobody turn it up like as that. As far as my contenders in the East, I do have Brooklyn, and I also do have Philly, and those are the only two. I say Ooh. that because I think, for those reasons that you just said that they couldn't, I just feel like. That's also something that she, any all these other teams haven't seen before. They haven't had to face these three guys on the court at the same time. You can stagger these minutes. You got Steve Nash who knows how to put these guys on the floor at the right times. I'm not saying that one of them comes off the bench, but you have maybe James Harden and Kyrie run a second unit. Maybe KD's in there with a the second unit. Who knows? But you have a good balance of minutes across the whole yeah, spread of a game. And game. I think yeah. that is important in the playoffs when you're talking about the game coming being – Possession by possession, you being able to give the ball to James Harden has already. We already know what that looks like. Right. Being able to give the ball to KD, we know what that looks like. And giving the ball to Kyrie Irving <laughs> and let him go against anybody, we know that's impossible to guard. Right. So I think that right. when you get those playoff nerves and you have teams that are matching up against the Nets fully healthy for the first time, they're also looking like, oh, shit, like we don't know what to do with this. <laughs> the Nets may not know what to do with this, but we sure damn don't either. You're right. And You're so right. I think it's a good chance to see what Steve Nash is made up of as a coach. Mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni as, a, as an assistant, what are they going to do? What are they going to come up with on a defensive end that's going to be, be able to stop anybody? What are they going to do on defense? Because the offense is going to come. If it ain't Eastern Conference – Finals or bust? It's it's bust. It's, it's yeah, bus. yeah, it's, it's a bust. That's major facts. Ma- it's it's a bust. Major it's, facts. It kinda is supposed to be finals or bust. It for really real. is it's supposed to it be. It really is. So it really is short. Selling them short to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm like, if you don't even, that's why the Clippers last year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be the same kind of feeling. Get to so. the finals or Western Conference Finals or bust. It was supposed to be Lakers. And Lakers, Lakers did their job. Yep. Clippers did not. Now, as far as my contenders in the West, I'm going to go. I have three teams. I have the Suns. Mm. I have the Clippers. Mm. And, of course, 
I have the Lakers. <laughs> no, no. I have the no. Lakers. See, you see, can't see look, you look. can't count out LeBron James. I don't care what you can't even go back to a season where you say, Oh, LeBron didn't even make it to the final he was hurt the last time he didn't make it to the finals and his team didn't even make it to the playoffs. So before you get started with all that bullshit about oh the Lakers when LeBron James is in the playoffs, he is the single literally the stats back it up that he is the single most dominant basketball player in the playoffs in NBA history. More than Michael Jordan, more than anybody else. He averages the most points. He has scored the most points. Been to probably almost the most finals. Like he has done everything and he continues to elevate his game in the playoffs. He will go and average thirty five in the playoffs. He can still do that. Now listen, y'all just heard Cam. And they might be in the playing game. Y'all just heard Cam give LeBron his flowers while he's still hearing it, right? Y'all just Bro, LeBron is our GOAT. He's our GOAT. I Bro. already I already know. I'm saying I'm saying that Lakers team though. That's enough, bro. Are, are no, some pretenders. No. They are some pretenders, bro. They are it sound good. Sound good. Anthony it, Davis. They, they have are, a good team. They have a they still have look, a if LeBron was healthy all year, healthy all year and they're in the second or third spot in the West, what kind of conversation are we have? They're definitely on your list. They're definitely on your list if they're in the top 4 of the West right now. You are right. You are right. But at the same time, look, they just want to chip, right? Yep. Name me one team after they just want a chip that look as bad as they do right now. I can give you a good example. LeBron's second chip in Miami when they played the Spurs, and they won in seven games when they probably should have lost in six before Ray Allen hit that shot. And the ultimate beneficiary of that was LeBron. Obviously, the biggest denominator of all sports ever, LeBron James. They have him, and he's still at the top. And you have a team who just won a championship. You have a, a conference who... Even the teams at the top are still some pretenders. You can't Look, tell me LeBron gets some of these teams out of the way in his first early rounds and meets like who? If who? he if the if the Lakers and the Clippers play under the first round, it's you ugly. Bet, you it's know, ugly it's for LeBron. Ugly for, it's ugly for LeBron. I'll be nervous, but it's not going to be ugly. I he can get he can beat that team. That oh team is beatable in the playoffs. God. That team is very beatable in the playoffs. Early in the playoffs too, when when it's really like it's not even crunch time yet. When LeBron is still, bro. If LeBron run into the Clippers, the Jazz, the Suns, a team like the, the Nuggets. Yeah, no, they're pretenders. If 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 LeBron wanted to run into any of those teams, do I do I, am I saying that he wouldn't beat any of those teams? No, that's not not what I'm saying. But I'm saying right. he going to have to beat them in nothing less than 6 games. <laughs> Is going six or seven, bro. Come on, you take LeBron. Oh, Look, bro. this is the same thing we said with LeBron with these bad teams in the East when they were like, oh, it's going to go six, it's going to go seven, and these series would be over in five games or six games maybe, and he was killing everybody. It's the same thing. We it's, just it's forget. People West. just forget, it's and it's the West, and LeBron went through the West and killed everybody in the bubble. I know it's the bubble, but he killed everybody in the bubble when we thought that it was supposed to be the year for competition for him. That's all I'm saying. Now, my other two teams in the West, the Suns and the Clippers, I see the Suns, they have a chance to win it because of how things are seated in the lower half of the conference. Mm. As in, mm. the late, the Clippers have a chance to play the Lakers in the first round. The Suns can avoid both of those. Right. Then you have who I think is, you know, a pretender in the Jazz who are going to play somebody else. There's a lot of matchups that are going to get out of the way for the Suns. Their road to the championship might end up being playing against the Nets in the finals, but 
They also could be playing against the Jazz in the in the Western Conference Finals. You just never know what's going to happen. You so your Western Conference Finals will be the Jazz and the Suns? It could be. No way. It could bro. be. It could be. I think second round it could Jazz be. are done. They, I have the Lakers. It always goes for like me. That. It's whoever else in the West who decides to be consistent against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I have the Lakers pretty much stamped in the Western Conference Finals. I would have them and. I think them and Philly would be an interesting finals matchup, but I think I don't know if I can see that happening. I think I just see the Nets winning the playoffs, not easily in the East, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go on a run and we're all sitting here shocked, like, "Oh my God, they only lost two or three games going into the finals." Like that's realistic. I think that's realistic. Hey, we we I think that's realistic. We gonna see that. Well. Now that we've listed our contenders, let's go to our pretenders, which I think this list can be a little bit longer oh as far God. as teams that we're kind of just more so disappointed in this year, more so than we know we're not going to win the finals, but they're just kind of disappointing. I'm going to start in the East. I think don't do it. the flowers I gave don't do it. to their team early in the show, I do think the Knicks <sighs> are the biggest pretenders in all of the NBA playoffs. Mm, mm. And the reason I say that is because they're a good story and the chips fell how they fell this year with COVID and, you know, no fans and this and that and whatnot. And the Knicks, I'm not saying they got lucky, but they struck gold and they struck hard this year and mm. everything worked out. Everything had to work out so perfectly for the Knicks this year just it to is, get a though. five seed. And it it's is, working out. Yeah. But when they get in the playoffs and they play a team like who? Like the, the like the Miami Heat. Come on, bro. They or if they play the Hornets. Speaking of a pretender, I, think, I right. I think they're gonna have a tough time in the in the uh in the playoffs. I think that pressure I'm not gonna say it's gonna make them full, but I I'm think gonna they say win a it's series. gonna be new. I think they you win think a they, series. I think they have a tough time in the first round. And anything after they do after that is just beyond expectations. So in the East, you, you got the standings right in front of you. In the yeah. East, all the teams outside the top three, Philly, uh uh Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. Yeah. Every team after that. Yep. So you got the Knicks, Hornets, Hawks, Hawks Heat, Celtics, Celtics, Pacers, Pacers, Wizards. Wizards. All of those teams are pretenders. Yeah. All of them. All of them. You know what I'm saying? None of them teams could no. making it to the Eastern Conference Finals either. It's not happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying if you get if you get the Knicks to play one of those teams, who who knows? So you telling me the Knicks couldn't beat one of those teams? I think they have a tough time with them. I think they have a tough I, time I, with I think, any of them. I think they have a good chance of winning a series against any of those teams. I think that that go series is way, going six or seven. Either, like yeah, you're saying with LeBron. I think those are going six or seven. I just, I don't think they're built for long-term playoff success. I think they're one of those teams that are good in the regular season, but it's going to take them a little bit to, you know, to earn that, that trust for me in the playoffs. Now, my other two pretenders on this list is one is Milwaukee, which – I've given them too many mm. chances in the past for them mm. to just keep folding and keep falling under pressure the they way they always have. do. And they, they always, always do. do. Yep. And I think it's they're going to fall at the hands of probably Brooklyn. I think that's what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I think Philly, I think they're a better team than Philly, but actually I take that back. I think Philly is a better team than them, but they could give Philly a run. But I think if it comes down to a series, I think that Philadelphia is going to win. My next pretender I'm not even pretender, but t- probably the team I'm most disappointed in this year is the Boston Celtics. Come on, bro. The Boston Celtics. Come I know that's your squad. I know you on, like the green bro. and white. I know we read for Jason. It's, it's, it's we, so ugly right now, We love now, Jason. 
We do we do like Jalen Brown. We do like Tristan you know Thompson. We do like uh, you don't like Brad Stevens. I think he's. he's I was probably just a, about to bring his weak ass up. <laughs> because go ahead, man. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you rock out. I've been riding with you know what I'm saying Boston since like 07, 08. When the big three came to Boston, hey, St. Louis don't have a. Uh, we don't have. We don't got a squad. So when I was like middle school, and Paul Pierce teamed up with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, psh, squat. What you mean? And we was we teamed up to beat LeBron. True. So True. I'm like, all right, let's go. That's facts. So and they won a chip. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I've been riding with them since then. After Doc Rivers and we brought in Brad Stevens, I thought he was about to be the next great coach. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. his his he was supposed he, to be the next pop. Popovich, he was supposed he was anointed. He was supposed to be the next pop because he was making the playoffs in the East, though, making the playoffs with Isaiah Thomas, yeah, with a Jay Cra- with with, yeah. with Avery with Bradleys, with yeah. no names. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Marcus Smarts, and yeah. Now, yeah. am I am I discrediting him for having good? Because those teams weren't good. You know what I'm saying? Like he he took them to a, a different level. Now the he only took reason them to a different level. That's true. That the is a only fact. reason I'm going to discredit him is because when he has he's shown that when he has the players that he upgraded players that he right should make his system even better an all NBA player it, it falls short yeah every time they gave him who Jason Tatum yeah or first of all they gave him Jalen Brown and then they gave him uh Jason Tatum and then they brought in Kyrie and then you bring in Gordon Hayward you know what I'm saying like you mm-hmm. you you giving him everything that you asking for how are we not Right. How are we not getting there? An interesting stat. How? Uh, the Celtics lead the league in uh, most games down 20 points, and I think that's at 14. They've been down 20 points or more in a game 14 times, and it leads the league. And it's hard to watch, bro. It is hard to it's watch. Hard and to I watch, watch them bro. play, and you have Jason Tatum, who can score whenever he wants. He's the next great NBA scorer. I believe he's the next guy that's going to average 30 for probably the rest of his career when he gets about two or three more years in the ball. league. 60 balls. Jalen Brown. Yeah, 60 isn't crazy. Jalen Brown is going to be a guy that ultimately goes somewhere else and is going to be a number one option, best player, you know, going to be an all-NBA guy himself. He yep. just is on a high trajectory of getting better and better and better. And, you know, he just a – Shout is, out to JB. Yeah, he is what the NBA is looking for, Six seven wing, good defender, super athletic, and has getting better on offense every single year. And defense. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he, he will guard your best yeah. wing. Or or let's say you got a uh, your two – you know what I'm saying? If we go, if we if we plan, uh, the but he does have a benefit playing with Marcus Smart too. He does. You know what I'm saying? He like does. Mark, Mark is going. He's an anchor. I, He's an anchor. He's I, an anchor. On I the love watching yeah. Marcus Smart play. He's an anchor. But he, he pro- actually he probably won't even be on the team next year. They probably have to get rid of him to upgrade that spot. And it's just uh, ultimately what's going to have to be. It, it, and if if you upgrade it, it have to be a, a score. Score. It's going to have to be somebody. Well, I don't know. I think you need to bring in another. Uh, Facilitator in there, someone who can make plays on the ball. I think they need somebody who's willing as a to. Guard. Oh I think God, yeah, I think they need guard. somebody that can come in there and is going to want to get twelve to thirteen assists a game. Because that's all you they need. Somebody that's, that's they need somebody need. like that. Jason Tatum need. doesn't need another scoring guard on his hip. He needs somebody that's going to get him the ball and get the hell out of the way. Disregard what Cam just said about bringing in who they need to get rid of. Brad Stevens, bro. <laughs> he need to get up out of there. Who they bringing in though? That's going to change. They they need a culture change. I do. I yes, believe that for a hundred percent. It's a, it's a, it's a culture, culture change, change. But who? But a culture change means that you have the wrong culture on your team, which I don't believe that they have. 
I don't believe I think, that. I think have. it's I think it's some pieces that don't fit there anymore, like a Kemba Walker. Ooh, but he just got there. He don't he don't fit there no more. What is it? Okay, is it Brad Stevens' fault for not recognizing that his system is only good enough for two players? Because that's what it's shown. It's shown that Kyrie and Jason had their time, and that Jalen had to take a back seat, and that Gordon Hayward had to take a back seat. Terry Rozier had to take take a a back seat. seat. And Terry Rozier is not in that upper tier that the rest of those guys are in, but he had to take a back seat. That's why you love. That's why you love. I think it's. What needs to happen is because Jason and Jalen, Jason is so good, but Jalen also is really good. What they need is somebody who's also is really fucking good like Jason, and they need to get Jalen Brown out of there because as great as he is, they probably need either an inside presence or a superstar point guard to go with Jason. They don't need another wing. They need another guard or they need another big that is a superstar. Mm. And you pair that with Jason and you see what happens. You just want to see it work, though. You you want to see it work. I want to see it work work for Jason. Because what's happening with Jason is that after he had that crazy rookie year, he went to the playoffs, he did his thing, he dumped on LeBron. A game away from the finals. Game away from the finals as a rookie. And, you know, who knows what happens in that finals. You just oh, never, never know. That would have been crazy. So, to see the path that he's on now, and now he's he's not turning into one of those bad teams, good stats guys. What he's turning into is decent team, really good stats guy, but team isn't on the same level that he's on. He he making a great push for a, a, a first-team All-NBA. He's making a great push. He's making a great push. Great push. I think last year – if last year doesn't go the way that it goes with COVID and the season doesn't get shut down, Jason was probably oh leading God. most improved player. By He's, a long see, shot. That's what I was talking about with the criteria for most improved player. It's a player that goes from not all-star to holy shit, this guy is the guy now. Right. And that's what Jason was last year before the bubble. And it, right. was, it was crazy to watch that because he was driving 30 a game with the Lakers, the Clippers. He was doing everybody dirty. But Julius Randle ain't doing that. He is though, just a little bit different. It's just a little bit different. He's <laughs> he's he's facilitating, he's rebounding, he's leading a whole team, but also is in a different position. If we're talking about this year, Jason's a better player than Julius, but look at the two teams. Yeah, look at the yeah, coaching, yeah. look at the teams. You're right on that. Look one at the talent. Because, look, I think if we play the Knicks in the first round of playoffs, we might get bounced. That's you guys are probably one of the only teams that I would feel confident against like with the Knicks. No, I think I think if we Sadly, I think if we run into anybody in the well, East, anybody, of anybody, East, we could get, we could get bounced. Some teams that I think that have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs that nobody's really talking about is two teams we haven't mentioned at all, and that is Atlanta, and that is Washington. No, these two teams. I'm not saying that they're title contenders because they're not contenders. Yeah, but look, listen. Let me make a case right now because the Wizards. The Wizards have a chance to beat anybody. First of all, you keep, you put the Wizards, you put fucking Russell Westbrook and Brad Beal in a playing game. You give them one game to go crazy, mm-hmm. not just a series. Right. I think they play their way into into the playoffs, which is a team that we never thought was going to make the playoffs. They, trade, they got Russell Westbrook in a trade where Russell Westbrook was looked at as a player like, mm, is, he, yeah. is he washed? Is he like not what he... Used to, and now he's brought this Wizards team to bigger heights than John Wall could. Ultimate triple double. So you know, shout out to the triple double king, the new triple double king, Russell Westbrook. Congrats to him. 
that's amazing. I think it's a testament to, you know, how hard he plays every night. Every night. And his intensity and just, you know, his overall skill of the game. I mean, he I think we get, caught every up, night. we get caught up in, you know, how athletic he is and how you know, kind of a one-of-one in that he is. And he's gotten better. His shooting, his three-point shooting has actually gotten worse since he's gone on his career. But he he's got a strap. But he's making it work. And over the last five years, Russell Westbrook is 26-10-10. and 10. And that's insane. Crazy numbers. He's going to average a triple-double for his career. For his career. He's going to average a triple-double for his career. Now, I did mention the Hawks. And why I mentioned the Hawks is that you have a player like Trey Young. He's not Steph Curry, but he has a he is a player that can go for 30 to 35 yeah. in a game. Yeah, yeah. And he has that chance All to take over. They have a team like John Collins. They have some other good pieces. Yeah. They they have some good pieces on their team. I'm not saying that they're a contender. It's, it's, I'm not even saying that they could they're gonna win a first round playoff series. How they gonna make noise? Okay, I take it back because they're gonna be a four or five seed. And if they get that four or five seed and they play the Knicks. Hornets or the Knicks, they can beat them. They can beat the Knicks. It's gonna be a good series. But I think that's I think that's cap- that's possible for them. That's possible. I'm not talking about them, you know, going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think that Trey Young has a chance to elevate himself if he wants to in these playoffs as a player. He gonna have to. Is he, he gonna elevate himself? You don't gonna, think so? He ain't got no. He 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 doesn't have a choice. But do you think to he's elevate. going to? No. You don't think so? I think they get bounced first round. Like swept or are they just? No, no, no. I think it's I, they not moving on regardless of okay. how it go. You know what I'm okay. saying? Going zero and four, or going three and four. They, they, okay. they, they. Well, not, let's talk about our pretenders it. in the West because I think that list is probably a little bit longer. Um, let's start with your list. Well, actually, let's. Who are your pretenders for I gave the West? It. I gave it. Everybody, everybody outside <laughs> of uh, Brooklyn, Philly, and Milwaukee. Okay. Okay. Everybody, everybody okay. on that list. Charlotte, Boston, Miami. Yeah. Okay. All, the Knicks. Everybody. Nobody. Yeah. None of those teams. Atlanta. No, none of those teams are making it out the East. None okay. of them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So if you talking about uh they gonna Atlanta gonna make some noise and make what noise? They okay, you made it to the second round. Who remembers those teams? Nobody. You okay. know what I'm saying? So I'm like okay. it, it it sound real good and teams are are kind of fighting to not play those top three teams right now. Right. That's what that's what it, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? To make it a little bit further in the play but in reality like that's okay. You make a lot of sense. You, you know what it is. Yeah, I you, trust me. You know I know. It. So, so for my the, pretenders in the, West, in the West, I'm going to start with the Jazz because ultimate pretenders. They, <laughs> they're so good this year, but I think they're kind of regular season fools gold, like, yeah. which a lot of these teams are. I think they're just another product of that. I think that once the playoffs start, Stacking all a lot that of hot, wins together. that hotness, all that whatever, Go I think all that calms down a little bit. I think all that kind of it doesn't fade. They're going to give teams a tough go because they have good defense and they're a good team. They have a lot they're of weapons. Good, they're a real they have good. A team. lot of teams like they have a lot of players that can score. They shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes, but I think they have a chance to go against a really good Lakers team, <laughs> or they have a chance to go against the Warriors in the first round. And if they run into those two teams in the first round, they're going to have trouble with both those squads. He, he brought up the Lakers again. I'm going to disregard that Lakers one because they are my pretenders, top pretenders in the West. Top. That's insane. That and, is insane. And, and and I think this is the 
only year outside of LeBron's hurt year that I can say that I wouldn't have him as a first-team All-NBA. True. I wouldn't put him there either. He missed too many games. Sad, yeah. Sadly to say, but yeah. it, it's yeah. It's just his only second, his second year. He can, I go mean, second, he can go second NBA. He's going to go yeah, maybe third. Maybe I'm third, like, but I'm thinking he's going to get second. When was the put, last time you could say LeBron is not – one of the best forwards, if not the best forward in the game. Right. Not best player in the game. You it's know been what over I mean? a decade. Like, it's been over a decade. It's, it's been a minute. So, I'm like, as ugly as it is to say that, I was like, that's that was my bold take. Okay. That was my bold take. That's that LeBron bold. is not, right now, he not, he not top two forwards in the game. So, well, with that being said, Lakers pretending to – <laughs> that they was about to go back and uh, win another chip back to back head ass. Right. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. Um, we gonna see. Denver Nuggets pretender, ultimate pretend. Just like the Jazz, bro. Ultimate pretender. Just like the Jazz. Like it, it sounds so good. You got yeah. a really good player. You got a top tier player. You got a good coach. You got a good team. You know what I'm saying? What happens in the playoffs though? Right. What ha- and they don't have Jamal Murray. Yeah, I think that's a big miss for them. I think that's you know what I'm saying. Thing. So that ultimate pretend. And I, Last I'm, year, I'm sorry, it's going to be that. But yeah. Michael Porter Jr. Like it's it sounds real good. Sounds good. But yeah, you know what it is. Regular season fool's gold. Yeah, yeah. you you you, yeah. Know, you know what you know what's going yeah. what's going to happen. And Jokic is going to win the MVP, like I said, and, and they're going to be gunning for him. And, they're going to be gunning for his head because they don't think bro. that he's going to deserve it. That's I think crazy. that's I think that's an interesting point. Um, that you bring up about Michael Porter Jr. Like it all looks really good. And yeah. It's great. It's a great storyline. They look like they have a lot on paper. It's but just not going with you your championship right now. The productivity. I just everybody else in their team. I just think it's not for playoffs. It's just not. It's just not it. Now my two teams that I'm going to go ahead and say that are pretty disappointing to me this year, and I think that they're in for a, a summer of a summer of change are the Portland Trailblazers and the Dallas Mavericks. And I say the Portland Trailblazers because I think. This is the year where you try to move off of CJ McCollum. Yeah, you have to. I think this is you it. have to. Because Dame has shown you that he's that, – that, that team is probably where they're going to be without CJ McCollum. Exactly. That team is probably right in the same exact spot. Maybe, a, maybe you know, fighting for that 9 or 10 spot because they're above the Lakers in the plan. They're probably, you know, flip with the Lakers and maybe another team. But Dame is that good. And Dame is going to be really good for a long time. So you need to surround him or trade for somebody that Dame can trust on the wing. It's not going to be Carmelo Anthony, as great as that sounds. It sounds good. But they need sounds another big. Good. They need another big that can play, that can shoot, that can score, that can defend. They need an upgrade. Or if not, you know, you have Dame locked down for so long, and he's been adamant about not, not going, going anywhere. Yeah, and I believe it when he says it. I really do believe that he doesn't want to go. He anywhere. don't believe in like super teams. He doesn't and believe stuff in it. Like it's that. not how yeah, he's he built. Real old he's not built like that. And you know, salute to him. I love yeah. Damian Lillard, but they they're in for a big offseason of moves. And I also brought the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic. People are going to want to play with him. People want Luka is up next. He, I feel like he here. He is he's, here. He's here, but he's also another player who has another level he can get to. Because oh, yeah, he can also yeah. still shoot the ball he, better. I ain't saying he peaking. His game can still grow. He can still get more athletic. He's going to get stronger. Um, I think when you look at a player like that and you all of the great 
players in NBA history that second year where most guys have that sophomore slump or have that dip, their productive their production goes up so much that it's like the team might be so bad, but they're so good that you can just tell. You gotta like, watch it. It started with Michael Jordan. His second year in the league, averaged like thirty eight points a game. That Bulls team was trash. Trash. He averaged like thirty. He averaged thirty seven a game. It was musty TV year. though. Um, LeBron James averaged thirty points a game. His second year in the league. Kobe Bryant, suck. second year in the league, went crazy. More recently, even Zion Williamson, second year in the league, crazy. crazy. He's going stupid. He before with all his injuries and the Pelicans weren't so trash. He was probably going to be most improved player. He was on that track. He was definitely on Balling. that track, averaging twenty five and almost ten rebounds a game. Super efficient. You can't shoot the ultimate ball, bucket points. getter. He's gonna put getter. the ball in the basket. Ultimate no matter getter. what you try to do, he gonna find a way. To muscle you, right. to go around you, to go over you. Like, we talk he about, don't put the ball in the hole. When we talk about Zion Williamson at the end of his career, he's going to be a top 10 all-time leading scorer in the, in the league. Literally, and, bro. And whether that's without a jump shot, with a jump shot or not, he's going to be there. And it just says a lot about his talent and the way that he's able to play at 6'6", and able, as athletic as he is, but he has skill. And there's, you know, there's no denying that. It's just that team is not very well coached. They have some good coach around them. They well, got some good going, pieces. Though. But Brandon Brandon Ingram, going, going. he's going a little bit, but it's also it's, it's coaching. Sound real it's good. Coaching. That's coaching down it's there. It's coaching down you, there. You got, got some talent. good pieces down there. They got talent. Um, I know that's off of you know the Portland Trailblazers and Mavericks, but you know New Orleans is a, is a team that I am kind of disappointed in. But it is so fun still watching Zion just play and get better as the game goes on. I think it's really interesting to see, you know, yeah, how good that he has gotten in just a short period of time. It's, it's also fun watching Jason Tatum get sixty, but yep. as a team standpoint, you like, bro, it's next game we probably get blown out by twenty five. You know what I'm saying? Jason probably had like thirty five though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Then next game we losing overtime by like five, or it's just it's you can't like get around the fact that the, the team is trash, right? You know what I'm saying? Like that Steph Curry is going off. Well, speaking of Steph Curry, we're going to wrap up this NBA segment with this last point that I have, and that is my, or our, I should say, our dream play-in tournament matchups. Mm. And as the current standings sit right now in the East, you have the Celtics playing the Wizards, which is my matchup that I really want. And then you have the Hornets playing the Pacers, which is a matchup that I really don't give a shit about. But the Celtics... And Wizards. Obviously, you have Brad Beal versus Jason Tatum. Crazy. St. Louis. Crazy. That would be one of the greatest games that I've seen live on television just because of the stakes. Turn them up. Where guys are from. And Turn them up. You have two teams who have two guys that can go and that can decide a series one way or another. They both got to go for 40, bro. Yep. Jalen Brown's got to go crazy. Got ha- Everybody has Everybody to go crazy. Everybody has to go crazy. But Brad Beal's got to go crazy. Russell Westbrook is to, going to. Not to sidetrack from um, your other dream playoff uh, playing scenario, mm-hmm. but I think the whole playing part in yeah, general what's your on it? is uh, is one step away from um, one through sixteen because I okay. think I think this yeah. playoff playing yeah. thing is yeah. one too complicated, is too stupid as hell. So I think everybody is kind of mm. like, all right, you see that the NBA is trying to. Do something. Do different. something different. Innovate something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it's ultimately going to fall to okay. the one through sixteen. Now I agree with it. People would be like, oh, then conference play kind of don't matter. I think you still take the two the top eight in each conference and then 
see them through uh, records one through sixteen. Right. right you know what I'm saying. Right, so right. I think conference play is still important, but yeah. um, I think it's going to ultimately. I think it would end be interesting 16, to see though. an East team, you know, fighting against a Western Conference team. For like if a the spot. Celtics played like the Trailblazers or something. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that'll be a good I think ass that's series. Interesting. I think what I think what will ultimately happen is if they make that rule, the MVP award becomes a little more significant. Oh, for because sure. Because it doesn't become as narrative-driven. Now you're talking about, okay, because for this to happen, the schedule has to change. Now, the teams in the uh, East and West only play each other twice. That's going to have to expand probably four or six times. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got to play each other probably four times. It's you, probably going to be somewhere around there, four or five times. It'd be a – you'd play only your division. I think what it's going to have to more be – More games versus your conference. It's got to be conference. East versus West. Divisions might matter. Yeah. And divisions actually won't even – divisions won't matter at all if we go 1 through 16. What will happen is the MVP award will be better, but you're going to play – you're probably going to have a five-game series between East and Western Conference teams. So, you whoever – Wins that matchup, maybe there's seeding implications based on, oh, the Celtics beat the Trailblazers three out of five times. Right. If they have the same record at the end of the season, who's going to be higher? Celtics. So right. I think that right. you know, has a chance to really expand and grow the popularity of right. the NBA regular season, which people say that doesn't really mean shit. You're right. Exactly. And a play-in tournament, right play tournament is not really solving much, but just giving us one extra game to get excited about. Exactly. That's it. And you know what? It's, it. not, it's not even one game. Right. Like, it's, you have to lose yeah, two. twice. You have to lose. You know so it's saying? a double elimination type yeah. thing. So it's it, so stupid. I think it's so weak. You know what I'm saying? It so it's kind, of, it's kind of like giving teams like that safety net, like, like a Boston right. Celtics. What well, they tried to do if you is lose against that Wizards team. They weren't team. trying. They're trying to protect against these type of teams in this range to not tank, which is mm. it makes maybe, mm. but it just depends on the culture of your team. Okay, do you really care about these two games? Does your front office really care? I mean, they put you on a stage to now yeah. care, but yeah. who knows at the end of the day? And in the Western Conference, I think would be probably one of the be- highest rated games you know of the regular season history in the NBA would be Lakers and Warriors. Correct playing game and I almost want the Lakers to finish in the playing game just for that to happen because I think what you'll see on the court is you'll see an ultimate LeBron and you'll see ultimate Steph and what we've been missing from that rivalry is just LeBron versus Steph I think we've had so many counterparts and so many other moving variables in that rivalry it's been there really, ha- there's not going to be a series between these two. So this is the best that we're going to get between them. Steph going for sixty. Steph is going to go for fifty. I don't care if AD's out there, LeBron's out there, fully healthy. He going to have Caldwell Pope is hitting everything. Kyle Kuzma's hitting everything. Steph Curry can go for fifty, and none of that shit is going <laughs> to matter. matter. Yeah, none of this because, like we said earlier, he scores fifty. It's going to feel like he's scoring seventy. Exactly. It's going to feel like he's hitting everything. I so that's going to be you know something I'm looking forward to. Something I'm really hoping we get a chance to see because that game on ESPN, you get a healthy LeBron versus a healthy Steph who's currently super hot, which, you really, which is what you want going into that playoff game. Steph being super hot and LeBron, we don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, it's all narrative-driven. So if we have those two storylines coming into the play, to a playing game, there's nothing we want more than that. Order me some Mulligans. We watching it here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to end it up right here. Steph need to get the MVP if he not. I'm not watching the NBA game no more. This is a Real Ties Production Podcast, and we are out. See y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of A Real Ties Production. My name is Cameron Scales, alongside my co-host Justin Rucker. Appreciate every listener. Please like and subscribe on all of our channels. See y'all next episode. We out.